0: Okay, running back.
1: All right. right. Two. All right. Action. Okay. Hey guys, welcome, welcome, Ping An and Key to Rising Giants. Great to have you on, uh, the two, one, two, of the founders of Attire Lounge. First thing to kick it off is please just give us an introduction on your stories to founding Attire Lounge. Thanks. I,
2: I can take it. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us and uh, inside your new studio, which is very nice. So, I think maybe before we share the story of how we found a Thailand, I can perhaps share a little bit of story of how we come about to actually push ourselves to create a business, right? So last year I was working with the World Bank as a consultant on an entrepreneurship project. And I i, I travel around a Cambodia and Vietnam and I did an interview with fifty-four women from different class, different than next city, uh, from different backgrounds, some are in micro business, some are in medium size firm and stuff like that um 54 story 54 courage and reason of why they starting their business and then it hit me it hit me hard i think it hit me when i was in sapa which is in vietnam and then i met this this woman who started business because she felt like she just doesn't want to be a housewife and it just really hit me hard and how how much like sort of barriers you have to for through to start something and then i came back and i feel like i have to start something on my own something that i i truly love and because i don't want to you know in the next five maybe tens and then I, you know i look back and say i should start something and that i think that's that's going to be the worst feeling i will carry of not being able to start something so i i talked to key first about an idea that i have i love gentleman fashion it is something that people know me off as well when I, you know, go to work and stuff. When I was in corporate, people would say, "Oh, that's a nice jacket. That's a nice shirt. Where do you get that? You know, how do you? Why is it? Why you? Why are you wearing this color and stuff like that?" I started a trend. I think I would. I. I'm probably. I should probably say this. Um, and I take pride in this. I wear colorful socks to work, and then people see today is pink, tomorrow is red, and then it's, you know that's that's kind of thing, small thing. So I told him, you know, I want to start something because. You know, I love it, and then I I think we can really help other people who want to make feel confident at work to go through it. So yeah, I talk to Key, and then maybe Key can carry this on.
3: Yeah, so I think when we think about starting a Thai lounge, uh, first of all, I think I personally was also influenced by a lot by you know in terms of like dressing by from since we met like almost ten years ago. I wasn't wearing stuff like this, <laughs> and so. I think when he came back from Vietnam from that trip that he had, it's like a month long trip I think. And then we had conversations about wanting to start a business. Actually we we had like conversation about wanting to start something years ago, but just never went around to doing it cuz we weren't sure. But then I think there were a lot more clarity in terms of what we could do when he after that trip that he had cuz he had a long conversation about, you know, what it could be even before the name was in Thailand yet. We, we, we had an idea, but we didn't know how to name it yet. And so we realized that, okay, we had this great idea, right? And so who could we bring in? And so my sister came to mind because she's quite, she and I were quite close and she's also quite into fashion. And so we had a conversation with her. She was just like in very immediately. She's like, let's do it, right? And we thought it would be, a, it would be good to have another partner here. Because I think the three of us weren't enough. So, in terms of from a capital perspective, we didn't have enough, and so we wanted to have another person. And then Nea came to mind because she and Bing were well, or are former colleagues. They used to work together, and he knows her quite well. That she's quite into fashion as well. So we had another conversation with her, three of us, and so she was also in very almost like immediately. And then that's kind of how it came to be. Even though we didn't agree on the name yet, then. And so, yeah, then it's kind of like how Tire Launch was started. It's like, and I think it happened quite fast. Like in the span of three months, we made it happen in Factory Penumpin as our starting pilot. I think it was great space for us because we also had a very supportive team from Factory Penumpin who kind of helped us get things ready quite quickly. Yeah.
1: Cool. And yeah, what were the what were the biggest challenges with starting the business? What were some of the hurdles you had to jump over to to get to kind of get to where you are today?
2: I think to differentiate our business was sort of the first challenge that we have, right? I don't want to just be another clothing store who sells suit and pen. That's not what I want. I want to be a place where gentlemen come in and then they can feel comfortable about themselves. They can be in a space where they can be creative, explore themselves with fashion. And the idea itself the concept, sound good, but how do I put that into practice was quite a challenge. Because we didn't know we were a consultant house until we started a business. We would know we want to be a place where people come in and try on different things. And the idea actually to consultant how come when we actually started to meet our client. That is when the, another challenge started is that when we talk a lot of our, to our a client, many are curious, interested, and wanted to dress better you know, for different occasion to, to feel more confident at work, but many not dare to try. Many felt that whatever, if they choose to wear differently from what they already wear, it's going to be an impact to how the social norm work for them personally. Like my, you know, my friend would say something, my partner would say something. So I don't want to try, I don't want to wear it. There was a lot of pushback i think in terms of how they see themselves and how the society sort of shaped the way men express themselves and we want to change that because i really really see a big opportunity for men here to be more expressive of themselves through clothing and i think changing and educating the market and fighting the social norm of of what we can wear and what can be possible for men is one of the biggest challenge for me
3: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think also, And I think another point to highlight as a challenge is to actually bring in, you know, because there was, it was only four of us in the beginning, right? And of course, we wanted more people to, to join us. But it was a challenge because it was, it was really hard to find someone who loves it as much as we do. Because being and I, we are, I would say we embody the, the brand itself. It's what we wear almost every day, not every day, but almost every day. So it was really hard to find someone who loves it as much as we do, who who can embody this brand on themselves, right? Because that's that's very important. We want them, we need someone who's comfortable wearing this, who loves this, who's curious about this, who it has self-initiated to, to learn about this stuff, right? Because like it or not, there's still a lot to learn uh, when it comes to men fashion, especially like sartorial gentleman fashion. But I think we 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 have been lucky to have a new team member, his name is DR, who joined us a few months ago and who just been Amazing in terms of like helping us shape a tire lounge and what's possible as well. And I think this this finding people to join us will continue to be a challenge for us because I think again I think when it comes to mindset, the unreadiness to experiment as well, it's like very difficult to kind of take on. So yeah,
0: yeah, your point. I do agree as well with having the confidence to be able to try something new because a lot of times it may not necessarily be as welcome or if somebody does want to to dress in more of the tutorial fashion uh, it it does take a bit of courage at first if you're not if you're not used to it because it you know may feel like you don't necessarily know how to wear it either it's just how to to be able to really embrace it and so uh, just as a for the audience as well how do you define tutorial fashion how you know for those that are maybe hearing it for the first time or trying to visualize it how would you describe that style
3: i think sartori itself originally started as kind of like custom-made handcrafted men fashion i think like it, in very early but i think now it kind of bleeds into like the mass where they're like mass production of sartori style it's not just um, for specific group of people anymore right it's not just for the wealthy maybe right it's not handcrafted you don't have to go to a bespoke service to 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 get sartorial you know attire but now because like more and more mass productions are doing it and so that kind of creates more accessibility and affordability as well so i think i think that's kind of what we're doing we want to make sartorial more accessible as well that you don't have to go expensive to an expensive bespoke service not saying the bespoke service is not great but i think if you can afford so it's great right but but for for others this is not accessible so i think i think in a way i think we believe that a high launch is to a certain extent making sartorial more accessible to people yeah
0: great thank you for the for the uh the background on that as well and so as you were talking about your your customer base and bringing on those early those those first round of customers, how was the general reception of the of the business? And can you describe your store's target customer?
2: So, when you when you first started Tire Lounge, most of our customer network, uh, all of our founder used to work in a corporate, mostly a white collar. So we know that. Uh, people who wanted to explore something different so that is when we first started to involve with them our, our our business here is a referral base which means you come to the store you get enjoy the experience you tell your friends right so most of our target customer are white collars politician uh, but i but i would say that if i were to describe my our our customer is someone who wanted to try something different who want to explore a different side of themselves through That kind of gentleman fashion and so far i mean our client we we have we we range from lawyers we have celebrity who also come to us for an award show (laughs) (laughs) and we would love to dress you both too you know if you have any occasion that you would to go to we also have grooms who come to us now because um groom wear is uh it can be quite expensive so we make groom wear more accessible with more style and everything and so our target customer really based on three pillars that we have in our business so groom sartorial and office worker so now we have clients who just come to us and now it becomes so easy for them and wish and i really wish that i i could have that kind of like store that i couldn't go to you know maybe five six years ago that they now they just say hey we want to go to a gala dinner can you arrange something for us and we're arranging something for them and then they just come try it on and then pay money and leave and they're happy so you know it's really become a a place where they can just give us a call and say, I, I need this, I need that. And you guys do the work. And I just, you know, I know you guys can make me feel confident and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. And just to talk a little bit more about going back to when you started at the factory and you had your first concept as previously described before it started off as as blazers and pants. And how was that first couple months of reception? Was it, was there a lot of traffic? Was there a lot of, a lot of, Purchasing, or was it tough to get it off the ground?
3: Yeah, oh my god, remember the first month that we opened, August 2022. Um, I think in a way we almost like underestimated, you know, how much people would spend on, you know, <laughs> like blazers and pants and all this like office wares, accessories, stuff like that. Because I think during the first few weeks when we first opened, we kind of took turn and bring and invite different networks that we have kind of rotate them in small groups so that we can host them, right? Because we didn't want them to just come and then kind of let them go, right? So it was very intentional in how we started. We actually bring in small groups in different hours throughout the day so that we can, four of us can, in a way, engage with them, right? And and kind of explain to them bit by bit of like, you know, what is this? Why are we doing this? How are we envisioning a tire lounge and stuff like that? And so... It was almost like an education opportunity as well. And then I think during the first few weeks, we actually ran out of socks. Like the first the first few weeks, like two weeks, I think, that actually I think being had to actually do another trip immediately to kind of go around bringing more stuff in. We still had people to, to be invited, right? We didn't invite everyone yet and we already invited them, but it's not a day yet. It was like a really, I think it was a good challenge for us in a way. It was a good problem to have. I didn't
2: sleep for three days. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't sleep. I was like, oh my God, there's nothing for us to sell. What's the point of opening a business and stuff like that, you know? And,
3: and, yeah. yeah. And so it was like, we were kind of scrambling. It's like, okay, some two of us need to go. And like the two need to be here to host people and stuff like that. And and then I think it was a good lesson for us in terms of like how we do our stocks i guess because as first-time entrepreneurs we had no clue which we is kind of like, hey this will be great for our first round of you know product and stuff like that because we had to be selective you know uh, taking the the finance finance and capital into account and so it was great like it was really we were happy but also also worried at the same time because i think for a few days we had friends coming in but then we didn't have any product to show because we sold we sold almost everything. So, but I think in a way they also understood, right? They were hey, so that's a good problem to have, right? We're happy for you. But I think that we got a lot better at kind of like you know managing our stock and products.
0: Yeah. And in that early stage, what was some of the customer feedback that you were getting? What what were the you know, what were the the main questions or or asks that you were receiving from them that may have come to your surprise?
2: I think one of probably the one of the many compliments we have is that we're different. And I think that's what we we wanted to embody that we're different, not just you come in you just choose your own clothes and go to your own thing. Everything that we have in the store, every customer experience has become conversational. Uh, I made a lot of friends with my client, so I have relationship with them now. It become a space where, They also introduce their business when they come to to my business. So I also use their business. It's almost like a place where it's an exchange of idea also, you know, exchange of the day. And I know that one thing that I've learned is that especially when we host a private client, that they be, you know, so in in a way, when when we talk about private client is that they book an appointment with us, we close our store, it's just them. So we serve some some, you know, some drink and stuff like that. And they, you know, it's it's become a place where sometimes it's they just can take a break. We also have st- sometimes a couple coming in. So they really enjoy their time spending time together as a couple too. Their husband trying something, the wife say, hey, you should try this red one and stuff. So that is the best sort of compliment that we have is that it's become a space where they feel comfortable enough to be themselves and also to try something new. And I think that's really hit us and say, hey, this is gonna be our sort of principle in this business is that to make this place as as safe, as comfortable, and and can be able to accommodate different kind of client. Now we have a lot of plus side clients who come to us and say it's difficult for them to find clothes. And now we are sort of becoming better and better in accommodating them and to make them feel like they there's a place for them to find something that suit and and, and they like it and they enjoy it.
3: You know, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's got to be one of the best things that I think us, as a brand, like when a number of customers said to us, thank you for having my size, right? I think that's just amazing for us. And then I think that's something we came to our surprise as well that actually, you know, we can be um, an inclusive brand in terms of like size. Right, because I think especially for our plus plus size customers, they really find it difficult even when they go to tailor to bespoke services, sometimes it's like very hard and so it's even more expensive for them, right, and so that that kind of now became become i think a core part of of us is to be as inclusive as possible when it comes to bringing in you know a variety of sizes, it's really like for customers that we know as well, yeah,
0: and just to follow up on that point that you made, you know for someone that is interested in becoming fi- fashion consultant. Do you go to university for that? Do you, do you read a lot of books? Like how, do you have just, is it naturally that you can look at someone and be able to style them? How is it that, you know, you gain this expertise and become a professional in the field?
3: Right, tough question. Okay.
0: <laughs> this one is a tough question, I think. Uh,
2: for me personally, as an individual, uh, I have always been a self-educated person in terms of style. I I spent a lot of time looking at, you know, fashion week for gentlemen, learning about sartorial and stuff like that. So I think uh, self-education was important to me. And I've been doing that way before I started the business, you know, dressing with tie with all the small accessory, the pocket square and everything. So I've been doing that for a year already. So people who know me from my network have that credibility when I started the business because I already been doing that. And I think that is important aspects of starting a business from the credibility that you have and people know you as off. So I think that's how I sort of was well gained that. expertise. And it's, it's this business, it's not something that we can just be an expert in just one day and then that stop. It is a continuous learning. We're learning every day. We spend a lot of time doing researching about why people wear pocket square, why people wear pin, what the lapel, does it mean when it's big, when it's small, you know? So we continue to learn and we share that knowledge through our social media platform to other people. So that, so we not, we wouldn't say we're an experts in what we do. We're more of a people who accumulate the knowledge, share that knowledge, which we believe that will be useful to people. And people believe us in that. But in the future, and this is something we continue to talk about, is that we are exploring an opportunity abroad in Europe to work with other sort of really an expert and consultant who has been working in this field for thirty or forty years, and really just go and accumulate more knowledge and 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 bring back here, become a bit more
3: certified, you know, in a way.
2: Yeah, yeah. keep. to? Yeah.
3: yeah. I I. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the word expert itself sounds it's quite heavy. <laughs> I know, but I want to take on that um, title. But I think it's about. I guess, sharing what you know, I think. And as people appreciate that, right? Like, just sharing simple stuff that you don't have to be an expert to know, maybe because you're an enthusiast, right? That you do research and then you test it out. I think that's important, right? Like, when you learn, for us, it's important for us to actually try it too with everything that we learn. For example, learning about, you know, the history of, Pocket square, or the history of a pin, the history of a blazer, and stuff like that, and color matching and stuff like that. It's important for us to try it out ourselves before we actually can bring this to the customers. Because sometimes, you know, things you learn from your research don't actually make sense here, and so we don't do that either. We don't share that with our clients either. And so I think that's that's something that we kind of come like, kind of like stand by, right? Is to test among ourselves first before you know sharing that with with our clients. And I, I don't think we've ever called ourselves an expert or anything. It was like, almost like, hey, from our research, this is what we found, right? Stuff like that. But yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, expert, prof- more professional, I guess, in the sense of, uh, of how you're describing it. But, you know, also in part of that too, it's the, a lot of times, at least for me personally, I, you know, I'm very my my uh, education on colors and accessories is is a little bit on the lower end because, you know, I've usually been more of a not maybe like a fast fashion person. So just jeans and a T shirt. And, you know, I put on what I put on. But when it comes to dressing up for an occasion or wanting to be in a more professional environment, I am totally lost. I sit there and I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, like, how do I match this blazer with this with this dress shirt and pocket square? And so it's, it's greatly appreciated that, you know, when I walk into a space and I'm with professionals like yourselves, it's, it's a very comforting idea. And so in that sense, it's, it's knowing that, you know, you guys have, have, have tried it, have done the research, have, you know, really put together your craft and are able to give people that, you know, that full experience that they, they can be able to enjoy.
2: I mean, just to sort of respond to you a bit, I, I think we see ourselves as more of a, your gentleman pal. You know okay. that you go in, and then we really be honest with a lot of our customer, and I actually they re- they they really enjoy it when we say no, that is not working for you, and they really appreciate that you know because a lot of time with business like this, it's always about sugar coating thing, like and say oh you look great in that, Or that is because they just you just want them to spend money, but that's not how we do thing. If we feel like even the most expensive jacket to be on someone, if we feel like that's not matching your skin colors and everything, don't take it, don't buy it. We don't want you to walk out of store and feel like. You just spend money and not feeling great, you know, and that's what is sort of the value that we hold, and that our customer like it a lot because some can just walk away with like a really afford- with spend a little bit of money, but really walk away with that coolness because it's fit to their body, to their to their skin color, and, and you know, so maybe less of an expert, more of your gentleman pal who tell you honest thing about men' fashion, <laughs> you know, yeah,
0: one hundred percent,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. So we yeah we're on okay and um what are, what, are, what are some of the goals for, for like the coming year some of the milestones that you're that you're looking to achieve like as as you grow you said you're looking at, at Europe but what about in Cambodia and the region are you, are you looking to expand your kind of footprint etc. Go take it
3: no you go fish
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're proud to say that we are sort of the the first and official gentlemen consultant house that really offer space comfortable space for men inclusive space for men to uh, to dress you know for their wedding for just on the daily basis all their workspace and that is something that we will strive to be positioned as you know place like that that first and number one place that cambodian men and expats and foreigner can come in and and really Curate their style that, that fit them. So that is our sort of number one goal right now, to be sort of the top of mind in the Cambodian market when it comes to gentlemen, consultant and styling house and, and etc. We wanted to become also a more mobile consultant house. So right now, our customer have to come to our store to get consultant, but moving forward, that's more going to be mobile where we go to their house. Um, if there are someone who is very busy and don't have time, in, no, no, in, enough time to come to us, we will come to you. We're gonna have a, sort of a van full of clothes come to you, and then you know, uh, go to your house, consult, and then we fit you at your own home, at your comfort, at your own home. And we're gonna have a bit more full blown idea, I think, in terms of male grooming too: manicure, pedicure, haircut. So we really want to bring the head to toe experience uh, from that as well. And aside from that, we will, we are, we will talking about, uh, in the next one or two years to have a tire lounge, consultant hell and a tire lounge retail. Cause we also have a lot of customer who don't want to have that. Don't, don't need fashion advice because they already, you know, sort of, they know what they want, they know what fit them already. So there's going to be a Thai lounge retail coming in the future where they can just shop, you know, come for, for their own time.
3: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's the goal, right? I think the goal is to see that customers don't need us anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They
3: don't need consultants anymore. They're just going to, okay, I already know what I want. I learned some, something from you. I'm just going to cap and grab them, right? Like, so they don't have to like I don't book an appointment every time they come. But also I think, I think for Attire Lounge, I think this, this conversation happened quite early on as well, is actually we want to look into women's attire as well, because the name Attire Lounge does not, you know, it's not only about men, right? Women are also part of attire, right? But I think because of the expertise or the experience that we both had, we started with men, fashion. And then we have, to, we have two female co-founders and they're also quite into this thing. And so that's, that's something we, we are talking about. And I think hopefully we are able to kind of like expand ourselves to the women attire in the next year or two because we kind of want to, to integrate that because also business, also business, women business attire and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something we're excited about.
2: Just in the money get a business <laughs> this, this moving so we can get a more capital,
1: yeah. yeah. Wait, so yeah, what, what is, I think we mentioned that earlier, what has that been like actually kind of raising the capital and, you know, making that sacrifice from shifting from your full-time jobs to to being entrepreneurs and for the future, are you going to be continuing to self-fund this or are you looking to kind of scale with, with by bringing in new investors? So,
2: I mean, I, I tell a little bit of story, right? I mean, how the four of us has a job, secure job, secure money. And we talk a lot about in this economy, you know, that, that word that you use all the time. It's important that you have a job and everything. And, but two, I think two, almost three of us quit our job and, and joined this full time now, which means that we don't have the money that we can rely on anymore. So we pull everything that we have from our saving and everything. And that was a lot of risk, right? What is going to happen? But we believe in this business and that we want it to happen. So we ha- actually had two investor, two potential investor who came to us and say they wanted to be a part of this. Can we do something with you? And then, but we have to politely reject them, even though we don't. We needed it because we really want. When you first started business, we really want to say, "Hey, I want to go through this challenge on my own, regardless of how the how it's going to be like." Uh, in a way, some people might say, you know, we're not smart enough in this point. But for us, it's like it's a, it's a choice that we want to take because we want to go through this and have that entrepreneurship experience. I talked to three of them that when we first started this business, here's my mindset. All the money that we invested, if it doesn't work out, it's going to be a lesson, okay? No hard feeling. And everyone was like, okay, let's just have that mindset. If it fail, we're going to write a book about it. Or, maybe do a podcast more podcasts about this, But hoping it it won't be the case, right? But but that's what exactly what I told them, like, just do our best with the money that we have. And if we need more in the future, then we'll think about it. But as of now, let's just fight through. We need that experience. even if it's so when we success when we're successful, we have a story to tell. first of all, And if you're not successful, we still have a something to learn. Yeah. So right now, no other funding that we, we will be looking at. We're just gonna push
3: through. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think I think for me, a tire lounge in a way has worked really great for us because it's just us. Because it's the four of us. And we can tell each other anything. Like right? we can talk about anything. And I think it's important that we as a collective have the decision making power, right? Of decide where to go, what not to do. Uh, who to reach and stuff like that. And I think when we talked about fundings, I think there are certain things that if we decide to go there are certain things we have to let go. And I don't think four of us um, are able to let that go yet. Right? The term of like our decision making and the power that the, the decision making power that we, we hold as co-founders. But I don't know. I think maybe I don't know if in the next few years th- uh, things might be different. When it's, it's stable we, we are looking to scale to maybe different part of the country or even in the region, fingers crossed, then the case may be different, right? But as a very right other thing, we we love that it's just a four of us.
1: I'm also curious, like what what kind of when you first started the business, you had a target customer, right? And I'm curious, like how that's changed, like and who you're surprised has been like has been your customer as you've as you've continued to grow the business.
3: I think for me personally, I I'm actually quite surprised by how many return customers that we have. Right, I think I was I'm pleasantly surprised, of course, that a lot of our our customers who may not who are not necessarily our friends or networks that keep returning, they keep coming back, and they keep referring. Like how many referrals that we have, I think we expected like oh we're gonna have a lot of referrals, but I think it's it still it still amazes me how many referrals that we have, like people from very different industries, people that we never met at all, right. And I also, I think another thing that surprised me is like how many grooms <laughs> that, we have, that we, have, we have had and we have had the pleasure to to create, you know, a full looks for them. And I, for me personally, I really enjoy dressing grooms. I think every time that we create a complete look for them, you can see the joy, especially like even from the bride, like you, they usually come with their bride. And then the bride's like, oh my God, finally, right? Like they found something. And and that I think is like, has been some of the best moments for me at the Thai lounge so far is to be, to create books for the for, for the for the groom, but also the bride is like super happy as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like when it comes to
2: wedding, when we think about it, right? The, the bride always have, what do we call it? The, the dressing day that, you know, all the mother and come have some symptoms champagne and everything right and we're doing exactly the same thing for the groom right now because we actually offer drink and they're like like enjoying you know so it's 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 to to make men also have that kind of experience that joy that they're supposed to have pre their wedding you know into their wedding day so that's that's just just a good joy you know
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was kind of leading to my next question of how is it that you ensure excellent customer service and what steps do you take to create a welcoming and comfortable shopping environment for your customer? I know you touched at it on it a little bit in the beginning as you were growing the business and and developing more of these you know unique scenarios where you have somebody that would be coming in for for a private event or or, or things along those lines. But I guess in today, how has it that you maybe structured the shop or? the ideas of what you would like to continue to do to develop the space?
2: So mapping the right customer journey was something that I, we spent a lot of time thinking about. I My background is in marketing and branding. Uh, so customer journey from the start to an end is an important thing that we need to think, making them at everything they do, they take, they feel good. And so for a tire launch, when customer first come in, it's never about they go and browse stuff. The first thing we ask them, uh, what can we help you with? So we have sort of a a form that they scan and ask for their weight, their height, their favorite color, what don't they like as well. We sometimes just talk to them and say, what are you afraid of in in terms of wearing? What do you want to try? try?" So it's it's almost like a, a little bit of a talk first before everything else started. So they talk and then we offer them drink, you know. They feel a bit more comfortable at ease. And then that's when we start sort of pushing. Maybe you can try this. We, you know, create this look for them. But at the same time, being able to understand that where's the middle ground? We don't push and push and push. Mm-hmm. Customer need to also feel safe and be able to feel like who'd, who they are, but not being taking away the identity. So we need to sort of understand that barrier and limit of how much of a word we're going to throw at them how much of a clothes you want them to try. So when it comes to that customer journey, is we're sort of curated very personal like experience for each and every one because a lot of us has a different personality. So we just need to find a way to tweak them. But on the baseline is yes, we'll talk first, we'll sit down, have a conversation, and then everything else go from there. If anything mm-hmm. else you want to add?
3: Yeah, I guess like I think it kind of comes back to really understanding their needs first, I think, because for us, it's important that we have a consistent experience for our customers, but at the same time, like because not every customer needs the same thing. Like some of them walk in, it's like I'm just gonna browse around, right? But that's something that we we ask them for as well. It's just kind of like let them do whatever they want, and then they, they will come back to us and ask questions later. That's fine too. So I think I guess like for us as a team as well, that's something we we continue to. to to kind of learn with our team as well because they we encounter very different kind of customers. And so kind of bring all of that, we always come together and say, hey, what has worked and what hasn't. And so maybe if you thought this process worked for customers, but turns out they're not working. It's not working. Right. Some of customers don't feel comfortable like being asked, you know, so many questions. They just want to look around first, right? And so we kind of keep tweaking that 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 kind of customer journey as well, I think, from the start until now. And especially right like now at a new location, I think the environment in a way impacts the customer journey, right? It used to be just, you know, one small space, you walk in, you see everything. But now it's like they enter a space, there's just almost like the first, the ground floor is almost like empty because we could we put very little things in on, on the ground floor, just like some displays, posters and stuff like that. Because the actual lounge is on the second floor, right? On, on the first floor, right? So that's kind of an instruction that they have to walk up, right? So I think right now we're still, I think, <laughs> trying to figure out like what customer journey, what that the process would mean for this new location. But I think it's it, it's also important for us to learn from our customers as well. They would make suggestions, hey, maybe you should do this. Like maybe you should do this. This is what I like. I really enjoy this part of a process and stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
0: And maybe in a more philosophical perspective, or from a more philosophical perspective, how do you see fashion and clothing fitting into a person's overall sense of identity and self expression? Part of this journey that you're taking them on, how is it that you, you see that fitting into their identity or self expression?
3: Me, I think when you when think of fashion or what we wear, right, I think it's like one of the most public ways to express yourself. But at the same time, I don't think everyone is comfortable expressing themselves through fashion either, because even through our customers, I think like conversation with our customers, we are we we have learned that a lot of them are worried about, you know, how they're going to be perceived if they wear this, if they wear this color, if if they wear this pattern, right? So I think for us, it's important to be that source, that that com- comforting source for them, right? That validation that they need, right? That it's okay that for you to wear this if you want to. Because a lot of times they want to, but they just don't have the courage. So I think it's important for us to even inspire that courage, that courage as well. And to me, I think it's like fashion is 100%, you know, a way to express yourself. It's how we express ourselves through clothing, through what we wear, through, I think it's like, it, it's what it makes us feel, right? I think it's really when I put on this jacket, it makes me feel certain things and it makes me feel good, right? And, and I think that's what we want for our clients, to feel good in what you put on. And
2: for me, I see identity as a collection of things that surround us, right? Plus ourselves, what we feel inside and who we met every day, who we talk to, who we who inspires us. We sort of collect that small little dot and sort of make a puzzle of ours. So when it comes to outfit and clothing, it's the same thing. We want to stay on the same principle as I'm a person, what I like, but at the same time being able to steal from someone, steal like an artist. You know, I I don't know if you read that book. I I love it. Anyway, to steal from people identity a little bit and sort of ask ourselves, if what I have stolen will fit me. And that is sort of, that stolen become a thing that we inspire. And that is, I think, how we sort of crafted our identity because of who we talk to, and that's what what a tie line is all about. It's almost become a place where people come in and get inspired. If you don't get inspired, it's okay too. It's fine, yeah. But if you feel inspired, we're here to help you. So I think that's kind of sort of building an identity up
0: for a person and help them find themselves better. Yeah, and and it's not an overnight thing. It's it's not like you're gonna necessarily maybe walk into a place that day and feel this inspiration. You may have to come back a second or a third time, and and then it will happen. That click will will happen for you. What do you envision the future of the store to be and its role in the evolving landscape of men's fashion and retail? I can start.
2: (laughs) Right now, we're, we're building a community of gentlemen who enjoy wearing sartorial, who enjoy, you know, wearing this kind of style. A community where people can come together, sort of share that confidence, being able to talk to each other about their day about their business, sort of place to exchange. So I see that fashion and what we bring in, what a Thailand will bring in, will sort of create a bigger and sharpen the community of gentlemen, not only just for clothing, again, just also for business exchange idea, be more creative around each other. So how do I see really fashion changing the landscape of Cambodia? We see that it's gonna become a more of a tiny space for gentlemen to sort of um, connect with each other through clothes we see a tire lounge going to become continue to be a house where people come in and try explore regardless of their shape their size or their skin colors and what they like it's going to be a place where people come in and just learn as well so it's going to we will we'll see it in the next few years. You're going to see a lot of gentlemen walking around on the street and just going for lunch and dressing nicely because you can, and then you can feel that confident. you know, that's kind of like spread out confident, And that's what we want. And that is how it's going to be. And we're confident it's going to, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think that's, that was
0: great. I don't think I have anything to add. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. Amazing. And just as we're, we're coming closer to the end of the, the podcast, uh, there are a couple additional questions, more like quick rapid fire ones that I'm curious about. And the first one was around first impression. And when, uh, what do you think is the one of the most important accessories that uh, that a a gentleman can wear? And or what it is that you notice first on on a gentleman that is dressed up in the sartorial style?
3: Honestly, for me, I don't think it's about what you wear. I think it's about the fitting. I think that's the most important things because when we think about clothing, it's not about how expensive the clothes are. It's about how it fits you, right? Is the shirt too loose? Is, are the sleeves too long, right? Are the, the length of the pants too long, right? I think these create that kind of visual uh, appealing to you and that matters most, right? It's not even about what color. Most of the time it's about, you know, if it fits you well, You you're going to look almost like Inviting, you get what I mean, and so that's that's my my personal opinion is that like the clothes has to fit first before anything else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, that that yeah, that makes sense as well. It's I mean, there's nothing better, at least from personal experience, than having a tailor fitted suit or having a a especially. I mean, just in terms of going back to that original feeling of confidence of what it is that you wear. It's you know really once you are if you have that confidence and you and you have you know that attire that is in this fitted sense, you do you do kind of like you do kind of exuberate this sort of a different energy too. It's it's like you said, more inviting. It's more of, you know, I I am more open to maybe other things that I might not have previously had the confidence to go and approach before to in a very like uh more philosophical sense in that nature as well. And so the the next thing is thinking about your business and as it's you know it, it in August 2022 Correct is when it when it kind of officially launched off. Since then, has there been any single failure that that you've had but have overcome? And what did you learn from that experience? I think
2: for now we don't have a failure yet. We will, and we will learn from it. But as of now, there's no failure yet. But there's a lot of challenge, and challenge is going back to uh, link back to capital. That's the first thing when we decided to move from our old store to the new one we did everything by ourselves we didn't have one person who sort of what do we say uh, a person who managed everything so we have to seek for when the supplier to do everything the painter is different the one who do the flooring is different the one who do the design is different the one who do the table is different because we're doing that so we be able to sort of find the best um costs possible in term of everything that we have in the store so we spent a lot of time seeking supplier to do that kind of thing it was a fantastic way for us to learn because really understand that because if we just throw a bunch of money to one person and manage everything as an like an agency right we would have spent a lot of money and it was a challenge because we really it was our comfort zone to do even flooring like how do we you know, do this floor correctly and for that, you know, and then it's, it's a part of, of business, right? How do we find the right POS for the store? So it's that small little thing. And I think it's more of a challenge rather than failure. But again, uh, we expect failure, some failure, and we will share with you when we have them. So, and we will, we'll learn from that. Yeah.
0: I really appreciate that. And from, uh, from your own closet, what is your favorite article of clothing that you have right now? That you really enjoy every every time you open your closet, you're like, man, I, I really want to wear that right now.
2: Every time, <laughs> my colorful sock collection. I have about a hundred pair of socks of every color possible. Today I'm wearing bold red. You see it, bold red, and making I, a statement. Making <laughs> a statement. It's always making. A, I think that was people known me for at my office because I wear different color, different pattern every day, and I'm proud of it. And it's something I'm like. No matter how synchronized my outfit is, I would just wear something out of place with my sock. And I think that's like my way
3: of expressing myself. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. For you, for me, it's definitely the high rise pants. <laughs> like <laughs> once I start wearing them, because actually I started wearing them after we started business, because that's one of the things that we brought very early on, this high rise pants. And now I can never go back to the regular rise pants. I don't know. Just something about it makes me feel so confident because even if. Really simple top. Once I put on my high rise pants, I was like, oh my God, I feel so good. And now, like, I try going back to wear the regular ones, but I just don't feel as good. So I end up taking them
0: off and, like, (laughs) putting
3: on my high rise pants all all the way again. Yeah, so it happens almost on a daily
0: basis. Yeah. You know, it's really funny that you say that because I have been seeing a lot of high rise pants recently, and I've been really wanting to take the jump into it because, in in more in, in the US as well, it's like full length, everything like that. So before I leave, I'm going to have to go by and, and try, try some high-rises and maybe leave with, with a pair. So boost my confidence there. You know where to go. <laughs> yeah, you know where to go. We look forward
3: to having you. Yes.
0: And our traditional closing question that we like to ask each of our guests is, what is the greatest piece of advice that you've been, ever been given?
2: I would say uh, been given and sort of gone through it as well is that if you want to start any business, be that brand of yourself first before you start a business for example if you want to start a bakery bake and bake and share it to your neighbor to your friends and get them to know you at least one or two or three years and that's when you start a business and i think the same way with a line for me is that that's what happened because i dress like this for five or six years and become something of myself and then when i start a business i already have a customer already so be that person Two or three year prior to starting a business,
3: and then it's when it's it's sort of it's going to give you a lot of upper handed in the business. Yeah, yeah, that would be just something that I've kind of lived by, not an advice per se, but it's something I learned through grad school, is <laughs> to fail small, right? And I think that kind of what a Thai Lounge started as well. Have you then? go all out and, like, start a, let's let's build a three-floor <laughs> clothes, gentleman clothes shop. We actually start very small with factories. There's, like, three, four, I don't know, space at Factory Penumpeng. So quite small and then kind of, like, test it first, right? If we fail, it's small. It's not a big scale, and we can bounce back. And so that's something I continue to live by. So whenever I do something, it's to fail. Start small. And Fail small. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, on that note, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on Rising Giants. Thank you for having us.
2: And uh, actually, thank you for giving us space and platform for all the entrepreneurs to talk about Think. And I think um, we're just grateful to be here and grateful to have this business and uh, grateful to uh, looking forward to, you know, learning from, from our mistake and our failure. Hopefully not.